Like I'm on the Emmy stage and you're like looking out at the entire audience. The, the the thought that I had was, man, I used to see this on TV. Right. You know, now I'm actually seeing this with my eyes. Like I was to the point, bro, I was so determined to finish the show and was pulling so much out of my pocket and I left a job to do it where I just didn't have food. Like, Welcome everyone to episode five of 1000 Failures. I'm your host, Darius Marcelin, and today we are halfway through the season. If you haven't been listening to this podcast so far, and this is your first one, you probably are wondering, what country is this guy from? So, I'm from Trinidad and Tobago, and I have an accent, so yeah, turn up the volume a little bit if you don't understand some of the words. Um, My guest today is James Bland, and he is a writer, producer, and actor. Yeah, he, he he does it all, and... His story, and I could bet you that his story is going to change your life and your perspective of things, you know, once you listen to this with an open heart and an open mind. James wrote and starred in his hit series, Giants, which got 11 nominees at the Daytime Emmy Awards this past weekend. Man, James is definitely a giant, and the story you're going to hear is about a creative just like you and me, and he wrote his story and his a little something about his life and to see that he won and got nominated for so many daytime emmys is absolutely amazing i met james on set of a movie we were shooting together about a month ago and we kept in touch you know on on some sets you just meet people and you click so we met we exchanged numbers we hung out a couple times we went to a premiere And when I asked James to come on this set, little did I know how much he accomplished and his story and his legacy. Yeah. So today's subtitle, Leave Your Legacy, goes out to James Bland. And this is true to all of us. No matter who we are, where we are in this world, what our jobs are, What is your legacy? What are you going to leave back for everyone else coming up right behind you? The industry that we're in, the creative industry, the entrepreneurship industry, people are in it to be famous or just, just have a lot of money. And yes, having a good standard of living is good and being comfortable is very good. But in the blink of an eye, you could lose your fame. In a blink of an eye, you could lose all your money. But what could never change is your legacy. What you did and what you left on this earth could never change. The reason why I started this podcast was because I wanted to leave my legacy. I wanted my voice to be heard. I wanted to inspire people. I'm being honest with you. After two years of debating and being scared and vulnerable, I said... My purpose was bigger than my fears. This means I didn't care in 2019. I didn't care anymore of my fears of what people will think of me, if people will understand me, if people would even like my podcast. I cared more if that one young actor coming to Los Angeles, not knowing anyone, or anything of the industry could learn something and save himself some money and could be inspired to continue going after his dreams. 
I cared more that that anyone coming up behind me, family, friends, acquaintances, anyone coming up behind me could say, Darius risked it all to go after his dreams. That someone from this small town where I came from in Trinidad could look up and said, if he could do it, I could do it too. And I had heroes and I had inspirations of people to look up to when I was a kid growing up on TV. But it becomes more real when it's somebody you could see yourself as. So this was my legacy. What is your legacy? What if you left today, people could look back and said, man, she did it like this or he did it like this. While following his footsteps, her footsteps. What did you leave behind? If your legacy is to be your own boss or do something that you love or to have a great quality of life, show people the universe. Show people your skills, your talent. We have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have Snapchat, we have Facebook, we have YouTube, we have everything that we have. And we have all gifts. Show everyone, give it to the universe. Put it out there. Leave your legacy. Everything could be taken away from us, but that would always be there. That your kids can look at one day, your grandkids can look at one day and say that, wow, he did it like this, she did it like this. Now, don't get me wrong. Leaving a great legacy or leaving your legacy is it's going to take hard work. It's going to take effort. Your dreams are going to take a lot of effort. The bigger your dreams, the bigger your goals, it's going to take a lot more effort. What will your legacy be? Your legacy could simply mean you never gave up. You had the fight in you, the drive in you. You put your talents out there. You put it with effort, heart and soul. Never give up. Persistence. And I promise you, you leave a legacy and people will see it. As artists, we go out there. As entrepreneurs, we go out there. We put our boots on and we go into that arena and we fight every single day. And most times it's in front of an empty arena. But I tell you this. You keep fighting. Do what you're doing with your heart and your soul. And your purpose is bigger than yourself. People are going to start coming into that arena to watch you. And as I go on this journey with you and I'm I'm striving... I'm an artist striving to, for greatness. And we're on this journey together. I am telling you, this is an example of people coming into the arena to watch. So continue going out there and putting up your fight and leaving your legacy. And in this podcast, James, James talks about him coming to Los Angeles from his small town having nothing, no money to pay rent sometimes. And in his first six months, he got shot in his face. To almost a week and a half ago, he got nominated, his show got nominated for 11 Emmy Awards. And James is just like me, he's just like us. A gladiator in the arena, and people are just starting to come in to watch him. He's leaving his legacy. What would be your legacy when it's all said and done? James, are you ready for this, bro? Let's do it. 
Oh yeah. man, so I'm a I'm a writer, actor, director, producer. Uh, I like to say just all around filmmaker mm-hmm. and I'm multi hyphenate. Um, I'm from Florida. I went to Florida A&M University. I studied business, and so I'm not one of the artists or actors in LA who went to a conservatory. Or right. uh, I'm not that kid who was doing plays when he was four, yeah. you know, years old. Even though uh, I always had an interest in the arts, um, I did used to do plays, but it was through church. Um, growing up, um, and, I, and I was a poet. I was the kid that my mom would buy me a set of <laughs> like one of those uh, coloring pencil sets yeah. with like 50 you know different colors so I always yeah. I, I've always been a creative my entire yeah. life but it wasn't until I got to college that I discovered filmmaking and although I was studying business I started auditioning for some student films that led me on some sets and I got bit by the bug and I said you know what if I'm gonna do something for a career you know day to day you know, nine to five or nine to nine or whatever. Um, I want it to be something that I really enjoy and love. And so I made the decision that, you know, I'm gonna move to LA and pursue film. And so I moved here in 20, uh, 2008. Yeah. And so it's been a decade. <laughs> A whole ass decade. Yeah. So before you, you decided to move to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. what in your mind was was thinking, I'm going to ship everything I and leave it to go to some place. Did you know people out in L.A.? I did not, bro. I had never been here. Uh. I had never been to L.A. <laughs> I didn't have any friends or family. But it was like, all right, what else? I was finishing school, and it's yeah. this expectation to go on to something. It's like, you graduate from college, what's next? You're either going to grad school, you're going to get a job, right. or what? You're going to go back home? Right. And I'm from a small town in Florida, and I was not going back to <laughs> Titusville, Florida. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it, you know? I'm going to just go to L.A., uh, I'm going to take a leap of faith. And I just always kind of knew that uh, whatever I set my mind to, that I would find success. And then oh, I always had the favor of God, you know, covering me. Right. My mom used to tell me, you know, favor ain't fair. Like, she's always say oh, that wow. to me when different things would happen in my life. Um, and you know, God's hand was always on me. And so I knew that if he led me to the water, he would not let me drown. Right, right, right. For me, when I came to LA, I had a, I visited LA. I kind of knew where it was. I was feeling it out. You came from New York, right? I came from New York, but my, my biggest jump, I would say was just coming to New York from Trinidad, the Caribbean, because I didn't even know, I didn't even have a winter jacket. You know? <laughs> I didn't even know New York was cold. Right? I didn't have no, I had no idea. I just oh. knew all I knew was New York Knicks. Bro, how did you survive? <laughs> no, I mean I from had, the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cold. To cold ass New York City. Right. Oof, that's torture. I had no idea. You know, I was okay. going there to play soccer, and I uh-huh. just wanted something to entertain, basically. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so know you were a soccer like a player spark or something like there that I wanted to do. Uh huh. So. That's how I ended up there, and that was like a, a jump, a culture shock for me. And then moving to LA was more of a risk, a big like a big taking, a big risk because from then, Sorry. <laughs> from then it's all good. <laughs> My legs are long. <laughs> <laughs> from then, uh, I had businesses behind. So okay. you know, like Trinidad, I left with nothing. I had no fear. Like mm-hmm. you have nothing to lose, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like leaving college too is like. I mean, you just don't want to go back home, you know? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Because, you know, I moved to L.A. without a car, without any money in the bank. 
Um, I just had my ambition and this uh, this dream. Um, it's funny, like when I first moved here, I remember you know folks. I would meet folks. And they would say, so, you know, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I'm an actor. I just moved to L.A. And they'd be like, yeah, you just moved here. But I can tell because you still have this this uh, optimism, you know, in your eyes. Yeah. And I was like, does that, you know, go away? And they're like, yeah, you know, you stay out here for a certain amount of years, you get jaded, you know. Um, I guess because everybody moves here with these dreams. And you think that... You know, I'm going to get here and I'm going to get discovered. I used to be walking to the bus stop thinking somebody's going to discover me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody's going to yeah. see me walk in and say, I like the way that guy walks. Yeah, I'm going to put you in a movie. And you just come with these sometimes gullible and naive ideologies about what it takes. And I remember uh, someone telling me that it takes 10 years to be successful, you know, in the city. And a few of my friends who uh, I eventually connected with that I didn't know when I first got here, but we connected through our Florida connection and realized that uh, we all had went to college in Tallahassee. Uh, We used to tell each other, it's not going to take us 10 years. That's not going to be my story. And one day I looked up and I had been here 10 years and I felt like my career was just starting. And so I do realize it's like like if you read this book from Malcolm uh, Gladwell, it's called uh, Outliers. And he talks about um, to be uh, an expert. You know, at anything, you have to put in 10,000 hours. Um, and you just got to continue to put in those hours. And, you know, hours are time. Yeah. And uh, a decade is around, you know, your 10,000 hours of just working and working and working at a thing. And then once you um, put enough time in, you start to kind of perfect, you know, your yeah. craft in a way where you start to see new levels of success. Right. And there's that thing I texted you yesterday, you know, and yeah. you were talking about... That was a word. Yeah, that was a word, man. Yeah. And I was talking about... I feel... This is how I feel. I feel the level of greatness mm-hmm. that you dream and you close your eyes with, mm-hmm. the more experiences you have to encounter, the more challenges you have to encounter mm-hmm. because in order for you to be great... Mm-hmm you have a lot of responsibility yeah. and you have to learn different aspects, whether it be relationships, whether it be, yeah. and this is all entails of every actor mm-hmm. that's out there. You gotta yeah. learn how to deal with relationships. Yeah. You have to, relationships with a spouse or whatever, and relationships mm-hmm. with friends, mm-hmm. relationships with people you go to a meeting with, how do yeah. you conduct yourself? Yeah. You have to have discipline. You have to fail because you were indisciplined. You know, you have to, be prepared as an actor. You have to have the right training. You know, you have to go to auditions and be like, I have to learn every time. And that level of greatness, and if you settle for something that's cool, it doesn't take that much to get there. It'll take you a year or two and you could have a job in an office mm-hmm. as an assistant or something. That doesn't take that much time. But if you have those big dreams where you can't sleep at night and you can't, you see it in the daytime and mm-hmm. you believe your house in mm-hmm. Tallahassee and wherever mm-hmm. in Florida and you move mm-hmm. across here because you have that dream I feel like you have to develop so much experience points and that's what most people probably value it to 10 years you know yeah I agree <laughs> <laughs> no I hardly agree man it's like it's interesting because I was just thinking about what keeps you up at night and when a dream is burning in your gut right. it keeps you up <laughs> um, you know, and it is a journey. And the thing that I, I tell any new actor, you know, moving to the city, uh, when folks ask you, what advice would you give me is be committed to the marathon. Mm-hmm. 
because it's a journey. And the folks who stick it out are typically the folks who find success. The folks who move here thinking that it's going to happen overnight um, are the ones who get impatient. And they eventually move away or give up or they start to do something else because after a while you will begin to wonder, is this for me? You know, am I supposed to do this? In particular, once you you're, you find yourself uh, here for five years and you still haven't necessarily gotten to that place that you thought you would be by this time because we all put this timeline on our success. And for example, with me, I used to write down every single audition that I went on. And for two years, I auditioned without booking the thing. I can't remember the number of auditions I had went on, but I was beginning to feel like if I've been doing this for two years consistently, like audition, audition after audition, week after week, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe I'm supposed to be doing something else because surely if this was for me, then the universe would be, you know, moving things in my favor. Um, But sometimes I feel like the universe, God, is uh, questioning how bad do you want it? Like, do you really want this? And what are you willing to sacrifice? And can you wait and not grow tired of waiting? Because... Most folks are just impatient, and they're also in it for the wrong reasons, right? Um, Or for superficial reasons. They're not in it for the craft and for the love of the art. Folks want to be famous. Folks want to be on television. Folks want the lifestyle that they see that comes along with being an actor or a successful um, director, producer, you know, in the city. They want to drive the cars and uh, go to the parties and all of those things, walk the red carpets. Um, But the folks who really love the art, and the folks who uh, have to do do this because this is their their form of self-expression, you know, this is a, their form of therapy. You count the small victories in ways where you realize, okay, I may not be doing a blockbuster film, but that indie film that I did, you know, really fed me. Right. Um, and for me, you know, I created my own show. I created Giants. We were on YouTube, yes. and I said, look, God, I want to be a writer. I want to be a director. I want to be an actor. And so he empowered me and he gave me everything, all of the resources that I needed to go and make my own show. And granted, I wasn't on a big network. I didn't have the big budget. I wasn't making a dime from doing it. But I had to look up and say, oh, my God, I am living the dream. Like this was the dream. And once I was able to be faithful in that and really grateful in that, that's when other things started to turn up. That's when the red carpets and the agents and the managers and all of those things came. But I got to a place of being extremely grateful in what he had given me and realized that my intentions were in the right place, that my intention is to is to create from a very honest place and to create art that ultimately has the ability to inspire, you know, and impact the lives of people. And because my intentions got aligned, um, then the universe began to move you know, in my favor. All right, and I want to pull right back up because you came here and when did you come, when you came to LA, Mm -hmm. did you have that thinking that you would write and create or was that a combination of just being in LA, being in a creative environment? And I know that you always have that burning up inside of you. You have that inside of you. But did it come out more because you could see things and you were around it? Yeah, I'll say it was always in me. I always knew that I wanted to write, direct, and act. Uh, Spike Lee was the example wow. uh, when I moved to L.A. Even Tyler Perry. Uh, around the time I moved here, he was really starting to, to bud as a successful you know, filmmaker in terms of his films doing 
extremely well, at, you know, in the box office. And so I always knew that I wanted to write, direct, you know, produce, create my own content and act. However, when I first moved here, it was not popular to be a multi-hyphenate. Mm-hmm. Um, so many folks told me I needed to choose. I began to become self-conscious and saying, oh, I'm a writer, director, actor. People would look at me like I was completely unfocused, a complete um, uh, just newbie to the way things work in this city. Um, because at that time, folks said you had to choose a path. Um, or people would always ask, I mean, which one do you like better? Or which one do you prefer? Yeah. And to me, it was like, hey, okay. a zoo. When I can not all like all yeah. of them. Yeah, or do you prefer, would you prefer your arms or your legs? Yeah. If you had a choice, you want to have both, right? Yeah. And that's how I felt. Like, I, this is my full body in terms of who I am as an artist. And so... There's not a, a choice, you know, in terms of, oh, I just want to be a writer because I realize if I'm only writing and I'm not performing, I'm not fulfilling that um, that's that, that, that side of my expression. And if I'm just performing and I'm not writing, then I'm not saying, you know, the things that I want to say. And if I'm not directing, then this vision that I have, uh, this sight and, and these eyes aren't being put to use. Yeah. And so I, I have to use them all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as just somebody new coming to this city. I feel like because of people like you, and then you go to Issa Rae, and then we go to Tyler Perry's, and people who are creating, acting, and doing everything, it paves the way for your dream to look more realistic. And and the most creative, the greatest people in the world have the most unrealistic dreams. Mm-hmm. And when they have an example like you, who could do it all, or not even do it all, but just do what, their calling was it makes them feel a little bit more comfortable how do how does a new person come into this city and you know how big the city is how does that new person come in from florida mm-hmm. end up in la they want they're, they're an actor they have that skill they have that passion they have that creative gene as well where would they get started like what what is their mindset supposed to be like and then what would what advice would you give somebody looking to start? Yeah, your mindset should be on the work. Um, focus on the work and get yourself in a place where you can do the work. Um, and they, they're, they're a myriad of different places you can do that. For me, it was I became a PA mm. and I got on a set um, and I was working uh and I was learning the business of filmmaking, the mechanics of putting a, a motion picture um, together. Uh, simultaneously, I was also writing and directing my own projects. And then I got into an acting class. And so I was always doing the work. And I wasn't focused on going out and trying to network and trying to meet people. However, I was meeting a ton of people. Yeah. But I was meeting people in a workspace, in a work yeah. environment. I think the reason why you and I connect is because we met in a work environment. It's just yeah. completely different. You take people a bit more serious when you meet them in a working environment versus you're at a club or you're at a cocktail or a bar and right. someone comes up to you and gives you their card or you know, tells you you're an actor or a writer, and you're like, yeah, everybody's an actor or writer. But if we're on set and you're telling me you're an actor, I know you're an actor because I just saw you. Yeah, <laughs> I saw yeah. you perform. I saw you in front right. of the camera. And so um, the mindset should be on uh, figuring out where can you do the work right. um, and commit yourself to that and commit yourself to the growth of your abilities and your craft. 
because um, at the end of the day, it hasn't always will be about the work. And uh, too, 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 too much or too often, I witness, you know, people come to this city and feel like it's about who you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an important part. But I guarantee if you know someone and they don't know your work, then <laughs> yeah. it really does not, you know, matter or doesn't translate. Um, into so, a career. Into a career, yeah. yeah. And and for me, I want longevity. And I want to be at a place where my foundation is strong. And so when I begin to build upon it, I have very sturdy, you know, ground to build this empire. But if you're trying to shoot up so quick, if you're trying to shoot up a skyscraper without building a foundation, I think it's going to come down. Right. So take your time build a foundation and you do that by getting on sets you do that by getting in class you exactly. do that by getting in workshops you do that by um, um, doing student films by doing web series you know uh, creating your own projects and your own content where you can make mistakes and learn on your own set before you actually get in front of a casting director you get on someone else's set and you gotta you gotta you gotta get it you gotta perform they're not gonna give you as many takes as you may give yourself um, so yeah, that I would feel be like my a lot advice. of people are in a battle with oh. something mm-hmm. or with someone mm-hmm. that they see, either mm-hmm. it be on their social media, their Instagram, their Twitter, their their favorite actor. They're mm-hmm. they're like that should be me on TV, mm-hmm. but they don't see the back end of what that person knows. For you, like I I'm I'm you're one of the first people I've seen that said like I did this the process of work first. And then I took acting classes, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? doesn't say that you couldn't act, mm-hmm. but you just worked that acting gene in another way. And mm-hmm. you, le- you worked your learning gene and understanding the industry gene first. Yeah. You know, and that might actually work out in your favor because apart from you getting context, you understand how professional you have to be on set. Yeah. You understand how other actors work on set. Yeah. And I think also for me, I never just wanted to be an actor. And even to this day, I have to remind my reps that I'm not just an actor. Right. So I'm not here to just audition. I'm here to create. Right. I'm a creator. Um, and every, all actors aren't that. You know, Some actors are just looking to audition and they're looking to, to book. Right. Um, I'm looking to create opportunities not only for myself but for others. And so it was essential that I understood the business of filmmaking um, because I, I needed to be able to build a house to... Um, to operate within and to, to feel other performers, you know, in. Um, and so my path of really getting into the business of it was essential even to where I'm at now because even with Giants, yeah, I created it, I wrote it, you know, I directed the first season, I'm the star of it, but I also, uh, uh, I also financed it. You know, I also went out and raised... Uh, funds through product placement and brand sponsorship. I also operated as a line producer. I scheduled. I did the call sheets. You know, um, I crewed it. I was able to do the job of a, of a UPM. I was also uh, putting our social strategy together because I worked as a digital producer for a network where I did that for a number of years for different television shows. And so it was essential for me to do all of those things, even though I wanted to be an actor. But because I wasn't just an actor, I had to get those other skill sets in order to build literally a giant. You know, and yeah. that's how we got into 11, you know, Emmy nominations. Right. And yeah. so, you know, we could talk about Giant because he, it keeps coming up and it's, you know, thriller and everything like mm-hmm. that and getting into the, the show. And I see something that's just real. Mm-hmm. And 
like I told you before, like it looks like a scene that is believable and yeah. it's telling a story that's like you you're not from LA yeah. but it has the heart of something that's LA mm -hmm. and I feel like that heart of of LA it's kind of you and your story you know how does how does giant reflect you yeah I mean so much of giants oh, is where's the heart and because I know that that's it's, it's a show it has a name yeah and there's awards attached it which is great mm -hmm. but for you to do all those tasks that mm -hmm. means you had sleepless nights I know for sure yeah. you had sleepless nights mm -hmm. you could have gone out but you didn't mm -hmm. you could have said I could hire somebody else to do this but you didn't mm -hmm. you probably had a lot of meetings that people told you no and it didn't shake, shake you <laughs> that means you were grounded in something within giants there's a correlation there <laughs> and um and what's that passion like that would push you to to be unbreakable hmm. you know i just always believe that the things that were promised to me were going to come to pass and i knew that i had something to say um, and Giants was largely about me saying what was on my heart, and it was less about giving a fuck if anyone cared. Mm. Granted, I did have this fear that what if I did all of this and no one, you know, cared, like no one watched. Um, but I ended up watching this this speech that Ava DuVernay gave at South by Southwest, mm. where she talked about being very clear about the intention behind your attention. So, like, your why, like, and I had to ask myself, like, what's your why? Are you doing this for attention? Are you doing this for fame? Are you doing this for clicks and likes? And at that particular time, I said, no, you know, the intention behind this is to create a gym and a space for myself to work out as a creative. Uh, and then also, um, if I was to die tomorrow, like, what did you say? Like, what did you leave? Like, would the world know that you existed? Um, and... And what was your perspective on the world around you? And so Giants was a bit of my love letter, you know, to the world. This is how I feel, um, not only about myself and my identity, but about the things that I've experienced. And so a lot of Giants was me bleeding on the page and then also me sharing the stories of my friends um, and their struggles and saying, mm -hmm. hey, you exist. Like, I haven't really seen a, a brown girl struggling with mental illness on yeah. TV Yo, let me write that. People need to know that that exists, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it was just being authentic and being vulnerable um, and kind of pushing those fears aside. Yeah. And, and, yeah, not trying to create something that I felt Hollywood wanted, right. but creating something that I felt like people needed. And prior to Giants, everything that I was making was about, yo, will this sell? Like, yo, yeah. does this fit or align with kind of what's popular, what's popping right now? You know what I mean? And then you get tired of doing bullshit. And then you get uh, more in tune with yourself. And I was going through that process, and I was evolving just as a person. And then finally I was like, you know, I just want to make something that speaks to me. And if it speaks to you too, cool. But it's almost like when <laughs> folks... Uh, you know, blow me up now about when is there's a, when when is season three coming out? Sometimes I want to respond. I didn't make this for you, for your entertainment. Yeah. Like, honestly, it <laughs> wow. wasn't it wasn't about 
creating yeah. something to entertain you. It was about me getting out what was inside of me. And I, I did that. And yeah. I'll come back when I have something else to say. And that goes back to, I think, what you said about you want to be here for the long run. Yeah. And you put in a foundation down. And in the society that we're in, where we're click away from seeing content, and majority of people's content is similar, mm-hmm. I think the things that are going to last longer and the things that are going to leave a legacy mm-hmm. are the things that are really authentic to us and the value yeah. that we put out to this world. Yeah. I feel like we all have talents within all of us. Mm-hmm. And you decided <laughs> you were done with the bullshit and the Hollywood stuff. Yeah. And you wanted to make something for you that mm-hmm. you think the world needed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true because for me in my podcast, and you don't know this about me, but my I think my purpose is to share and to help people grow and to, to give the world back. I don't think it's for me. I think it's for the world. Mm-hmm. And it was very vulnerable for me to start this up because, yeah. because I, I, I have to like, go to classes to like when I go on auditions and I do use my accent and do and do my accent and letting people know this side of me but I feel like if people know that it's okay and you're okay to you give people what they need to hear and there's some people that need to hear it and they're ashamed to ask for it so they will listen in their cars driving to the podcast and they'll be like all right this resonates with me you know and you you found something that the world needed you shared your talents. You didn't take it to your grave with you. Yeah. You know, at least if, God forbid, I'm knocking on wood. If you went out, you went out with something that yeah. the world could keep and say, like, James left this for us. Yeah. You know, and I think that's how we should all live. And not, mm-hmm. if if you made every blockbuster that everybody wanted, would you be remembered for that? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's what we battle with. And yeah. it's, I think it's when you overcome that insecurity of, am I ready to give the world this? Am I ready to share this with the world? Mm-hmm. I think even if two people, as you said, I, 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 told, I told my friends, I was like, even if two people listen to my podcast, yeah. I don't care. You know, I put it out there for the world. And um, and I'm so surprised. Like In less than two weeks, it's hundreds of people across, you know, across yeah. the world. That's amazing, man. Because you're, you're tapping into two secrets. And I don't even know if it's a secret, but uh, I think two things that you really tapped into was the... It's not about you, you know. If it's if it's only about you, then like, like, what's it really for, you know? Um, And I think that is one of the keys. Like, if you can find something uh, and root your life in something that is just not about you and doesn't serve you only, then you're on a good path. And then secondly, it's like you having the courage to be vulnerable. And for you being vulnerable was also using your accent, in particular right. in, in America, in, in L.A., and in this city right. that um, may be looking for one thing. And But the beautiful thing about it is, like, your accent uh, is your heritage and where you come from, and it's all of the things that make you so unique right. and authentic. And those are going to be the things and the qualities that will bring you to success, you know, ultimately. It's this idea that, like, the universe can't recognize a carbon copy version of you, right? Yeah. And so as long as you are imitating a thing, right, it's like, hey, I'm out here being this. And it's like, 
the universe is trying to bring you all of the things that it has for you, but it can't even see you, it can't recognize you because you're not being what it created you to be. Uh-huh. And I remember writing in my journal one time that I'll never be a good actor until I start to learn to stop acting in my real life. As long as I'm I'm acting and I'm portraying a character in real life, yeah. I can't I can't portray two characters. I, I got to learn to to be so um, myself that I can even take on you know another character, yeah. um, and so I had to do that work. <laughs> you know, myself yeah. in terms of just showing up authentic, like showing up like yo, this is who I am. Yo, <laughs> this is how I sound. Yo, this yeah. is how I talk. Even I took I took speech classes when I first yeah. moved here. I was from Florida and you know I had that southern drawl and everything yeah. it was just mad lazy and I sounded super country and if you would be like what like what are you saying I would say can I ask you a question they'd be like ask you know what I mean <laughs> like everything ran together you know I didn't put G's at the end of sentences right. and my uh I turned my CH's in the, in the THs <laughs> you know um it was just a mess and I was really self-conscious about it and right. I remember I had a boss he's a producer who was like, you need to get into some tastemaker classes. or, And of course, as an actor, it's what we do. We talk. And so if I'm self-conscious about my voice, it's going to, uh, I'm, I'm in my head. Yeah, and I already yeah. live in my head. And so I'm in a scene and I'm in my head. Am I saying this right? How does my voice sound? Right. Do I sound monotone? Am I projecting? Uh, am I enunciating? Like all of those things. And then you're acting because you're trying to remember oh, let me remember to do this so i mean for you guys who yeah it's, it's yeah I've, I've, I've spent so much time with this lady <laughs> she's in studio city and, and yeah. she, i could do different accents and everything yeah. now but it's let me hear the american darius you want to hit the american darius <laughs> darius darius from uh, darius. is that la or new york everyone or just says darius. like every 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 blonde haired girl says oh hey darius man yeah i like the trinidad yeah i mean give me that trinidadian yeah, accent I mean, was that trinidad or jamaican trinidad trinidad trinidad, trinidad. Yeah. okay yeah and you that, can tell like when someone uh, it's more. It's like if you're from the Caribbean, you could tell. You could break down. You could break down Jamaica. 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 Okay. Barbadian people. They sound like just like this. Yeah. You know, they sound just Rihanna. It sounds just like this. Yeah. Okay, that's dope. And Nick, uh, Nicki Minaj has a as a New York accent, so she's okay. in Queens. But yeah, but yeah, we we have to see it true to who we are and yeah. the value we bring. I think people aren't grounded in themselves enough it's probably an exercise for anyone coming before you even come to to the big cities the new yorks the l.a's the atlanta's now (laughs) or chicago's before you come to those big cities i feel like you have to know what's true to you Mm -hmm. what's your why you have to do a lot of self-evaluation before you jump into a classroom. Yeah. You got to know who you are. You have to know if this is for you. Because mm-hmm. acting might not be for you. Yeah, and you sometimes know? you find that in class. Right. You figure yeah, that stuff exactly. out. Before you spend a lot of money on yeah. real headshot yeah. classes. For you. I know for me personally, like I got in class and got beat up so much. And I would leave class in tears and wondering, is this for me? <laughs> like I'm spending all of this money in this class and I don't feel like I'm a natural, right. you know, and that's the thing that I had to learn with acting is I got to work at it. Like, it's not something that comes very natural, perhaps because so much of my life I, I, I was I spent acting or 
uh, in my real life, maybe, I don't know. Um, or just also sometimes being a black male and feeling like you got to put on right. and you have to show up a particular way. Um, I, yeah, so it was, it, it was and still is a difficult thing for me that I have to work on, but it it's become a lot easier yeah. um, to pick up a character. And I think it's because I've gotten more comfortable in my own skin that I can now pick up a character um, or feel comfortable bringing as much of myself as I want to a role. You know, because sometimes you feel like you have to lose yourself and really uh, become a chameleon and uh, and take on all these attributes that are so opposite of you. But I'm also learning the, the more you can bring of yourself to that role the best, the yeah. better, because, you know, the things that make us unique are also going to be the same thing that's going to make that character unique. Um, so, and it's not shying away from those things, but figuring out how do I bring that into the character while still trans- staying true to yeah. who this character is. It on, makes it, it makes them characters more real, too, you know? Yeah. Um, just your, your simple nuances or the simple habits that you might do, you yeah. might say something, it, it gives yeah. that character more life and more grounded rather than... I want to play this line, this character. This I want to say these lines like this, mm-hmm. and I want to go straight like this. And he should do this. But mm-hmm. if you add James to every character mm-hmm. or whatever, he's gonna walk. Like he, every big actor has their own swagger. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. Like even like Denzel has a walk. Yes, he has his swagger. You know, <laughs> Viola got that walk. Right? Yeah, Viola got that <laughs> walk. You know, it might got a limp in it, yeah. but it's a walk. It's a walk, <laughs> and it's it's everyone has their own swagger, no matter what role they play. Mm-hmm. You know, Will Smith played that role in um, in in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I thought he was like best character of them all, yeah. but. He had his own role, and Samuel L. Jackson is Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. I know they write stuff for him, yeah, but he just brings it no matter if he's in Django or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just brings him to mm-hmm. everything, and, and those are the people that we remember. Mm-hmm. There's so many careers that have gone on and we don't remember mm-hmm. because they were just like everyone else, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I, I'm kind of excited to see the progression of Giants and. I can't wait to to like binge watch it and just take it all in from learning this side of you now. I'm probably like I'm I'm so like artsy now since I'm in LA. I like watch everything and I want to see your 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 nuances change from the beginning to the end. I'm gonna pay attention to that and and your progression is just natural. Mm -hmm. You know, your progression is natural. I've seen me grow as an actor and how I audition from. (laughs) <laughs> from day one jump mm-hmm. to just me being more calm and just you know mm-hmm. a little bit more more Darius. Yeah, that's good, bro. I, I bring that a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, bring all of it, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of being nominated for Emmys, yeah. How how does is that like icing on cake? Was that something you ever dreamt of before? Before you wrote this, I'm gonna win an Emmy. Um, no. Yeah, I. It, when I, I when I first moved here, I think my mom was um, mostly on film, and so I was thinking about the Oscars. Right, you're thinking about the Oscars. You know, I didn't really think too much about Emmys. Um, but also when I when I moved to LA, um, <laughs> when I <laughs> when I moved to LA um, in 2008, right, 
you know, television wasn't what it is, you know, right now in the sense that uh, the film industry has kind of moved <laughs> to television. It's like right. a lot of TV shows now are like mini films and a lot of film actors are now doing television. And so I didn't watch a lot of TV uh, prior to moving to L.A. And even in college, I was more of a film guy. Um, and so my thoughts were, I want to make films. So as a result, I was thinking about the Oscars. But, you know, as times, you know, went on and evolved and these really incredible shows started coming out, um, I really got more into episodic storytelling. And so to be nominated for 11, you know, Emmys, it was... Uh, it was, it was, you know, one of those things where I hadn't planned this right. and it was like, oh, cool. Wow. Like I'm here. Uh, <laughs> now that I'm here, like, no, no, yeah. let's, I want to, I want to bring them home. Right. But nah, it wasn't something that I had like planned. Um, in, in terms of, it wasn't like a, a, a lifelong dream, but it was definitely something that we had strategized over as far as, you know, last year, cause we got nominated for two last right. year. And then I was like, okay. Lead actor. And I was for lead actor and actress. And so going into season two, I was like, okay, I'm trying to rack up next year. <laughs> and so we so now you have a new goal. Now I don't. I don't. Like, right. because I don't have a new season out yet. Um, you know what I mean? Like, after you finish season one. Oh, yeah. You had a, now you want a mission. So here's the thing. Like, we finished season one. When we got nominated, we were already putting our season two out because they do it by calendar year. Yeah. And so we got nominated in April or March of last year, and we started putting season two out in February. And so the nomination was for season one that came out the year before. Right. And so it was by calendar year with the daytime Emmys. And so um, we were already working on season two, putting season two out when we got our season one nominations. And so I was like, okay. I see a little bit more how this works. Season two, and I knew we had elevated the show, you know, so much. I was like, let's go in and let's fuck them up. How, how did it feel like at first to hear, I bet before you, you they, they surprised you with a letter saying, oh, you got nominated. Yeah, you find out online. They actually read oh. the, um, yeah, you get pre-nominated. So we had a ton of pre-nominations and then they announced the nominations on the talk. Right. Yeah, and so they come out. But you also know the day the nominations are coming out. And so you're kind of prepared yeah. and you're ready. And you're at, so you got nominated. Mm-hmm. You're, you're heading towards the show. They, they let everyone. It, does the whole cast get to come to the show or everyone yeah, all, has to buy the tickets? All the nominees. And yeah. so if you're nominated, you come. And if you're not, you got to buy a ticket and the Emmys are pretty expensive. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but you and your cast, or whoever was there with you, yeah. you're there. For but them. we had 15 nominees, so it was right. a lot of us in the building. Wow, yeah. You have a whole squad. You're deep. We were Giants, deep, deep. Deep right, and fly. You guys are there at the Emmys and mm-hmm. you're on. Do you know what to do? Did someone like prep you? Like, all right, yeah, well, you're going to come this. Well, I had did. We, Vanessa and I had done the Emmys the, the year prior. Uh-huh. And so we were fully prepared and we kind of prepared the entire team. But yeah, you know, we had a publicist, and so you know, Italian show up too. and you know, do the red carpet right. and where you're gonna see. And right. Vanessa presented Friday, I presented at the Sunday show, but we yeah, had so both that. did it last year, so yeah. we were pretty prepared. When you got out on stage to, 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 present? to present the, pre- yeah. the first year, what was Oh that man, one? that was that was wow, that was surreal, <laughs> that was uh. I'm here, like I'm on the Emmy stage, and you're like looking out at the entire audience. The, the the thought that I had was, man, I used to see this on TV. 
Right. You know, now I'm actually seeing this with my eyes. Wow. Yeah, it was great. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then, so this year, it was a little bit more common, I bet. It was a little bit more common. However, we had more nominations. And this year, I was presenting. So when I presented last year, we weren't nominated for an award on Sunday. I was just right. a presenter. This year, I was presenting, and I had to go immediately back to my seat because we were up for Outstanding Digital Drama Series right. that we didn't win. So it was still that, that nerve and unsettled kind of tension was still there because... You know, we were waiting to see if we were going to bring no, home the gold, man. you know? Yeah, you, br- you brought home the gold, bro. Because you brought home the gold for every single person who right now mm-hmm. is in a coffee shop, is in yeah. somewhere, and they think that a black guy could just, like, write his thing, mm-hmm. get it funded, mm-hmm. work hard to get it funded, direct it, and just, and just be rewarded for it. You know, yeah. like, that dream is alive, man. Yeah. And... I don't know yeah. if you had that growing up, but for me, like as a as a kid, like mm-hmm. I never saw anything like that. Yeah. And I, I was in Trinidad, mind you, I was in Trinidad, mm-hmm. but I did watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I did watch a lot of TV, and I I, I like I was a TV buff from from since I was a kid, so okay. I was like on that. But mm-hmm. I never saw that. You know, all I saw was just like one or two, like you know, Will Smith, the, mm-hmm. the you know Martin and mm-hmm. Wayne's brothers, that kind of stuff, Jamie Fox. Everybody else was just more like you never saw like black guys in serious roles, or you had that leader take no firm. And for me, I never thought I could ever. I would even be in LA because or, or getting paid to act <laughs> or anything like that. I didn't think that I would have that space as a kid. Mm-hmm. And as I saw it more and more, it made it more real for me. Yeah. And I bet people are gonna see that in you. I hope so. Because you, you, you did it, man, and you you put your word out there. So thank you. Um, I yeah. think that's. That's legendary. I don't even think that. That's like you, you left. You, you left your legacy, mm-hmm. you know, on that, and you're taking it to higher levels now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know you had a ten year career in LA, a ten year move in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you could reach or feel that one time that you wanted to give up. That you wanted to. It was the darkest time, and you wanted to. You were questioning if I should be in LA, mm-hmm. if I should go back home to Florida, if I should get a job as a casting director, get a job in an office. If you could feel that, because this this podcast is called "Becoming an Actor: One Thousand Failures," and in my eyes, I feel that we have to fail a thousand times in order mm-hmm. to make it. Whether it takes ten years or it takes five years mm-hmm. or fifteen years, mm-hmm. we have to fail, and we have to feel that point where it's. We have to make that decision, you know, and I don't know if, I know as actors, we feel things settle in our stomach, and mm-hmm. I can feel it, I don't know if you feel it right now, mm-hmm. if you feel that, and and what made you decide not to go? Man, um, you know, it's interesting, that moment came for me very early, within my first six months mm-hmm. of living here, and it was the impetus for Giants, the series. I was robbed at gunpoint, I had just moved here. Um, Granted, I had landed an internship that ended, and so I had to go get a job at the mall. I was working at Abercrombie & Fitch as a college graduate with no car, walking, you know, in L.A. before Uber and Lyft existed, <laughs> you know. And my apartment, my sublet was ending, and I was looking for a new place to stay. Um, I was taking the bus back and forth to a friend's house and sleeping on his couch and um, really didn't have any money at the time, didn't have much of a support system here. And 
walking home and two guys walked up to me with a gun and said, give us your shit. And I was kind of at the end of my rope, my wits end. I was just so stressed and tired. And um, I was like, nah, you know, we ended up getting into an altercation that resulted in them shooting me in the face. It was a BB gun that they robbed me with. And then I had to go to the emergency room. And it was this whole thing. I didn't have health insurance. Had to file a police report. And a lot of friends were like, yo, just come back home, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, big city, crazy stuff has happened. You don't have a car. You don't have a job. Just come back home. And I, I feel like that was like my dark moment. And I ta- had a conversation with my mom. And my mom said when she heard the story, when I told her the story, because she was the first person I called, she was really calm. Uh-huh. And I told her I got robbed at gunpoint and I got shot and did it did. She was really calm. And she was like, you know, the first thing I thought about was David in the Bible and how it was David's job to watch his uh, father's sheep. And a lion and a bear came and tried to take the sheep. And David fought and killed a lion and a bear. And my mom's response to my situation was sometimes you got to fight for your stuff. And uh, you still have to slay the giant. And so the things that you're going through right now are necessary because if David hadn't fought the lion and if he hadn't killed the bear, he would not have had the courage to face, you know, the giant. And even when he met Goliath and he stood, you know, face to face with him, he said the same God that delivered me from the mouth of the lion and the mouth of the bear would be the same God that would deliver me from the hand of the giant. And so I took that and I buried it in my heart and in my soul. And that was a bit of my courage to stay and say, you know what? I still got giants to fight and I'm not going to turn around. I'm not going to be afraid. Um, I'm going to stay, you know, in the city and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to make it happen. And that's what I did. I'm not can't I can't tell you there was another time that I wanted to quit. There was a lot of times where there was some jobs that I quit. <laughs> I can tell you that, you know, working at, you know, a studio and realizing this ain't, this ain't it. This ain't where I'm supposed to be. Like, I'm not supposed to be bringing somebody coffee. Like, I've done it, yes, and it's not beneath me in the sense of I can't do it for a time and a season, but I also know when a season has passed and it's time for me to move on. And so, yeah, that was my one and only moment when I considered, you know, turning around. I have not had another moment since. But it was because I got very clear after that moment that it's going to be some bumps. You know, it's going to be some valleys. It's going to be some hardships. (laughs) Uh, I've been broke, broke up until, you know, Giants cost me literally everything. Like, I was to the point, bro, I was so determined to finish the show and was pulling so much out of my pocket, and I left a job to do it where I just didn't have food. Like, one of my producers would literally come to my house and open the fridge and be like, bro, you ain't got no food in here. I'd be like, yeah, I ain't got no food. Mm-hmm. And he would go to the grocery store, you know, and buy food. Um, yeah, so I, I was I was that determined, yeah, to make it happen. Yeah. And so um, there were dark moments, but I wasn't quitting. Right. It's for you, man. Yeah. I love it, man. I appreciate it, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, yeah. James Brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. Cool. Sick. Man, what an inspirational story. That podcast, honestly, was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. And 
is was a dream come true for me to sit across from James and just hear his story and see the passion he has and to literally just watch a guy who left his legacy on this earth and no matter what what happens from here on now James has this for the rest of his life those are his Super Bowl rings you know wow James has definitely left his legacy for the world for all the young kids out there and on myself James has definitely impacted all of us so thank you James you've you've done a lot man at this young age and if you liked this interview between James and I it's on YouTube and you could see a more edited version and you get to meet a little bit more of James the podcast looks really good on YouTube I have like three angles so it looks cool so don't worry it's not going to be boring it's just very inspirational and if you could share this with your friends who are actors or artists and entrepreneurs and people you think should hear this story and need to hear this story yeah please share it with everyone my podcast has been climbing the charts so if you could just rate it or review it for me let me know what you think the support from everyone has been tremendous so thank you yeah and if you're on instagram just tag me at 1000 failures i'll reshare it and give you some advice so yeah thank you that was episode five next week wednesday i have felix martinson coming on board he's a casting director and he's going to give some secrets of the industry of what a casting director does what they look for the do's and the don'ts and um he's gonna let some secrets out the bag so stay tuned next week if you're an actor if your friends are an actor let them know this one should be very informative and this one should help you out in la in new york or whichever city you're in and you want to get casted this is a very informative one and yeah no that was the end of episode five thank you <laughs>